This is the 5 a.m. Master Scrum Show Thursday night edition, and where we do some interviews, adding some new content, and bringing some interesting people into the conversation. Tonight we have Denzel Girardo, and I met him through our Philadelphia um, Tech Entrepreneurs Group. I saw his video on it, and I saw it. I said, my audience would love to hear from you and all your diverse things. I know, I mean... You are dynamic, results driven, and you got a great story. So we're going to hear your story during this interview. <laughs> and um, you're the you're a CEO of a software development company, and you have a placement company. So I thought both of those uh, activities would be really interesting, and and as well as your journey. To be honest with you, um, can you tell a little bit about yourself? Share about these endeavors. Um, something that's not on LinkedIn. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So my name is Denzel Geraldo. Pleasure to meet you all. <laughs> Thank you very much, Greg, for having me in the podcast. I truly appreciate the opportunity. And um, so I come from the Dominican Republic. Um, my journey as a software developer and uh, and founder of, of two software companies began at 11 years old. I was playing this game that I'm not going to disclose the name about. And it is a very interesting and wonderful game that I truly enjoyed a lot. And while I was playing this game, I found myself with a lot of blockers because I had to pay in order for me to get benefits inside of the game. And uh, coming from the Dominican Republic and uh, from humble, humble beginnings, it was like there was not a lot of resources. So I asked myself, hmm, how can I get benefits in this game without having to pay? And I went on this rabbit hole of doing a bunch of research on Google. And uh, after a while, I just found the solution, which it was coding. And when I discovered it, it was like, it just clicked. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is a great skill that I can learn for me to be able to create stuff and just seeing how I wrote a couple of lines of code and making the computer do stuff that I told it to do. It was such a magical experience for me. So, uh, after after I started learning how to code and, and got some experience on it, at 12, 13 years old, I started doing freelance for other companies and um, as well as for people that were in college doing their homework for them. And uh, that that's how I, I first got into the into the software world. And okay. it, it was wonderful. That's great. And um and during the interview, you mentioned that you had two businesses going. One was a software development company, which I guess you led into that. Um, and the other one was a placement company. Um, can you get share something you like to do with each one of those companies? What do you like about each one? Yes, yes. So we have Presenit, which is a software as a service company, uh, B2B SaaS that specializes on allowing barbershop owners to manage their, their barbershop without having to put a lot of hours into it. They had this problem before that they were writing down every single client that came into the shop and the price one by one. And at the end of the day, they had to, they had to count it, each one of them. And I just saw that problem and I, I identified, okay, I can build a solution for this. So I went on a journey to build a solution for that. And uh, it's a very great software. I truly 
would use it myself if I if I would have to 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 own a barbershop. And there is a lot of people actually using the software right now, and it's getting great traction. We also have Inwell, which is a software development company and placement company, as you mentioned. And over there, we're doing great stuff with with different companies. We have collaborated with companies like Axel Informatics, Tricer, NIH, and uh, we also do recruiting. Inside of that company, we look for talent to place it in different companies that fit best for that specific person. Okay, great. That's awesome. Now, speaking of that, any advice you have uh, regarding IT placement, finding a next job, if someone's looking for a job, some, any, any advice that you have for those people that are looking for that next career job? Yes, absolutely. If you are looking for a software development position or any kind of position in the IT world, our requirement is to have LinkedIn. <laughs> it might sound so silly and so stupid, but a lot of people nowadays, they, they, they're not truly aware how LinkedIn, how important is LinkedIn in, in, in your career? Because that, that's like your, your public resume. That's what people are going to look first before they even get to know you. And even if you submit a resume to a, to a company, they always check your LinkedIn. So that, that would be a, a first most have that, that, that I would recommend and uh, create a lot of connections through LinkedIn, connect with people in the software world with uh, different, with people that work in different software companies and uh, ask them about their experience so that you, way you can gather knowledge and uh, how the process was with them. <clears throat> and uh, aside from having LinkedIn in your resume, something really important, it's the experience. <laughs> Have some experience, right? Yeah. Be companies mostly, they don't look for certifications or, or where, where do you go to school. Nowadays, they, they truly don't care too much about that because when it comes to software and the in the IT world, it's more about skills mm -hmm. than what do you have to show. Right. And if you have, let's say, experience, it's that will bring you farther in your career than a person that maybe went to Harvard. The, the Harvard position, it doesn't matter at this point because they're just focusing on, on the actual skill set that you that you can provide. And if you do not have experience, and this and if, even if you have or not have experience, if you're looking for a, for a, for a job, let's say for example as a software developer, one thing that it's a must have if you wanna outstand out of all of the engineers that are posting their resumes in the, in the application is to have a portfolio and things to show in your GitHub, for example. Yeah. And if you are a designer or something, just put, put that, put, put some of your designs in, in your, in your resume as well. So that way people can see what quality of work you're able to provide. For example, when, you, when a company is checking for resumes, right? especially software developers. Software developers, the first things that they're going to go to do is go to your LinkedIn, check your, check your, your, that your profile matches with your resume experience. And then they're going to go into your GitHub to see if you got something public over there. And one thing that developers trust is seeing other developers posting stuff in, in, in GitHub. And uh, for those who don't know, GitHub is a, it's a platform where you can, publish code open source and uh, 
so that other developers can see it. And when other developers see it for the company that you're that you're looking to 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 apply for, they're gonna be like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. They have this many repositories and they have done a great job, whether it's on the coding style that you decide to apply it into that repo into that project or anything in general. But having something to show, having a portfolio, it's really important. And having LinkedIn, that's 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 something that I would recommend to anybody. Yeah, definitely. And I would say, like, I got like fourteen thousand connections myself. Connect with me, and maybe your second one would be the next job person you get, and then they'll find you. You know, that's one of the things about connecting with recruiters like yourself too, because they're connected with the people running the companies and everything like that. And um, I love your your comment about GitHub. I always I always imagine me setting up an AWS server for my website and, <laughs> and just changing it on the fly. And go, okay, well, that, yeah, I think you passed that part of the interview. Um, and when you say to GitHub, one just one thing. I mean, I would recommend just don't post your corporate that you're if you're working for a company. Don't, <laughs> yes, don't post your company stuff and open source GitHub because. Every once in a while, they'll probably check it and look for their source. And if they find it, you know, you're you're done. So I do want to make yes. that recommendation. It's your code, what you wrote for what you want to do, and not for what you wrote for a company. Just Absolutely, you know, definitely. And you don't you don't want to get sued. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get sued. You don't want to get fired. You don't want to get terminated for stealing, right? Most um, of the times, when you when you when you're uh, um, when you're getting onboarded into a software company, the first thing that you do. It's signed a non-disclosure agreement. So if you post code, I can tell you that that for for of that company, I can tell you that it's not a great thing to do. Try to avoid that as much as possible. Never do it, and uh, just post code that you're uh, doing on a daily basis. Maybe while you're out of work and you're, you just have this couple extra hours that you're free. Just dedicate that time to create a project of yourself that you can say, okay, this project maybe doesn't have something useful in the real world, but it's something that I created just to, for me to practice my skill set. Yeah. And, and, it, and if you play a game like you used to when you were a kid, post some code to modify the game. <laughs> you know, all these <laughs> games have skins now and all that. You could write code for that. And there's lots of things that, that are available. So no, that's, I think that's a great, have yourself a portfolio. Like you said, I think that's absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned something really important and it's on LinkedIn. You have 14,000 connections. Yeah. The more, the most amount of connections that you have, the more opportunities you're going to have. Because one thing that recruiters do a lot <laughs> is that they look for software talent inside of LinkedIn. And they, and if, if you have a bunch of connections, you're going to find yourself getting one, two, three messages a week. Uh, just uh, for uh, for uh, from a recruiter that, that is trying to offer you a position and it's going to it's trying to get you into the, into the interview process as well. Yeah, and I'll even say when I used to interview people for some of the companies I was a contractor for, and still, hey, Greg, could you interview Scrum Master or this Agile coach and all that? I looked on LinkedIn too to see what they posted. So I know had a resume. <laughs> I would make sure it kind of kind of matched up, or there was some stuff, or did they do anything in LinkedIn? Are they out there? Um, especially as a Scrum Master and, and an Agile Coach, I'm always looking for people that are share their knowledge with other people. You know, absolutely. That's, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, and um, and people people don't know how important 
uh, the, the the role of the Scrum Master plays into the into the software world because the Scrum the Scrum Master is that person that is over there to hold you accountable that you're actually doing the work to make sure that everything gets done correctly mm -hmm. and to cast the vision of where the the project is supposed to be headed at and um, I I I I am truly aware that people need to understand more how important the role the, the role of a scrum master comes into the play as well it could be your partner too and your and your and someone helps you along as you as you go through your process too especially in a career too absolutely now on that when you're assessing talent um on an application do you look at certification i mean you mentioned experiences uh volunteering or anything like that on the resume that go along with the coding per se or anything like that yes um this is going to be very harsh for a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> that, well, hey, what if, you know, we're real, we're realistic here on the, <laughs> that invested a lot of time into taking tests of certifications, taking taking courses and all of this. Taking courses is great to develop skills and to right. take practice on those skills. But as far as applying to jobs, companies truly don't consider the certification as much because people a lot of people can just simply fake certifications mm -hmm. but skill set is the, the the only one thing that you can never fake so the the two number one thing that companies look for is experience and portfolio that's why those are the top two things that that i always recommend to people and that and that's a good point because i always recommend okay you got your cert now do something with it you know what i mean you went and took the class. I've taken all those class. I got enough search in my thing, but I know what was in the class and then show on LinkedIn and a post or something that you applied it and how you, you did it, or, you know, use that part of your interview, take what you did. I did this at this interview and I, or I did this at the previous company. Here's, I applied what I learned in whatever class you took, you know, um, like if you learn how to do AWS, okay, tell them how you did that and you know, how you log the code and how you, you know, Things like that in a full stack world. That's a big thing now nowadays is a full stack developer. And and something as well, really important to mention, like there are some some sometimes people don't include as much information in the resumes that you mm -hmm. said, Oh, I work for this company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Add a description to each one of the experiences that you have. That's that right. and the description being thorough in a way that is precise but it's not very lengthy to the point that it's going to be tiring for the person looking at it. Yeah. When we're looking at that experience, we're looking for something like, oh, I worked at this company and we did this thing and we used the following technologies and there was this big challenge that we went through in, 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 the, in the development of that project that we were able to solve with the following approaches and these technologies helped us accomplish that in this and this and this and this, and this way. And something like that would tell the person that is reading your, your, your resume, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Those examples are really important. Um, now, one aspect, because you're, you're, you originally came from the Dominican Republic and everything like that, and in my world, in the IT world, we have the onshore, offshore mixture people differently, you know. Um, so, so do you have any recommendations on improving team, like the diverse workforce between different countries or any things you found that help 
if you do that on a team and you got people from different countries on your team, which happens a lot, you know, any recommendations or have anybody for um, working with that diverse group? Absolutely. The number one problem when it comes to diversity, especially working remote, it's that there is a lack of communication and Sometimes people don't don't think of it as being very important, but in a team dynamic, that's the number one thing that you would like to have on your team. And for example, when you get a person on board and you, on your team, you want to have maybe a session, uh, a, a meeting where it's just, oh, everybody with their cameras on and let, let's talk to each other. Let's get to meet each other. And let's let's introduce this new member that we have on the team. So that way, everybody gets familiar with each other, seeing their faces, even though it's not in person, it's the closest thing that you have to meeting somebody in person and uh, getting to see their faces, talking to them, learning about what they're passionate about, what do they like to do on their free time, and just learning more about that person that you work with on a daily basis in a personal standpoint, gets you closer to knowing how to communicate with that person, what type of person this person is, how to better de develop a connection with them. And uh, as, as, as long as you find something that, that you guys have in common, you guys are going to rock together. And uh, I, I believe that, including that into the culture of a company, makes the team really strong and even if it's on onshore offshore it doesn't matter they're they're going to get along with each other everybody has their different set of personalities and and if, if they're constantly communicating with each other it's going to make it easier because for example there are some companies that you that you see that the developers are even scared to reach out to each other just because they, they never communicated. It's yeah. like, yeah. how am I going to reach out to Greg if I never met Greg before? I never talked to Greg before. And maybe I, he doesn't like me that much. But so, but but if you include that first meeting and break that barrier, they're going to know, OK, Greg is a person that I can rely to because we when I first got into the company, we had a conversation. He introduced himself. We we got to meet each other. We got to ask each other some questions. So maybe probably Greg is going to be able to help me in this problem that I'm currently facing. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I, I'm I'm going to be in a book shortly, and uh, my intro talks more about what I, who I am. And the one of the teams I'm coaching, the manager's like, you should share this with the team so they understand who you are and why you're what you do. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's gonna be a lot of information. I don't know if they can handle it, but we'll do it. You know, so I, I and I agree, I agree totally. And I coach all my teams that way. I mentor them. Um, some like it, some don't. You know, and you have to figure out what level you can do it. So cool. Now, now I got to come back to your software business a little bit. So. You know, the first getting a haircut for your first interview, even if it's on Zoom or whatever, <laughs> how important is that, that that good haircut for your interview process the, to look appropriate? I would say, <laughs> for the you know, I am the kind of person that it's part of my work ethics to always give it 100 mm percent. -hmm. If I am not giving it 100 percent, I don't feel satisfied. I feel I feel like I could I could I could be doing better. So I have this this morals or or this ethics to myself that 
I must give my 100% to everything I do. So let's say, for example, we're in an interview. I'm going to have a nice haircut for you because I respect you. And you're taking your time over here to uh, have an interview with me and for us to have a co communication together. So having a great haircut can tell a lot about you and how much you can take care of you as well. And um, I truly believe that if you're going to do something, you must do it great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. well, so let me, let me take it a step further because I've done this before. And it depends if you're going for a management position. Should you wear a shirt and tie at the interview for a position hmm. on, on remote? I'm always, I'm always, I mean, in the old days, you wore a shirt and tie, wore a yes. suit, uh, whatever business attire would that would be. And, uh, and sometimes I always wondered, do you need to do that nowadays? That's a very interesting question. Definitely wearing a shirt and tie talks very highly of you. Uh, today, nowadays, it's not truly a requirement since uh, the culture of wearing shirt and tie has changed a lot. You, you go to most companies nowadays and you see people wearing just regular casual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I, I don't think nowadays it's as important as it used to be in the past, but I still think that giving that first impression, it's something great that leaves a very great impression on, on, on of you in that person's head. And, and it's going to uh, create that relation. Okay, boom. Um, Michael, Michael is a, it's a sharp guy. He came to the interview very well dressed with a nice haircut. <laughs> and he yeah, gave I, a very great impression. Yeah, I can tell you stories about things I've done in my life, but but and the stories I've heard at meetings when people said something, but but I'm so old nowadays it goes way back when. But I enjoyed people would ask me as an engineer when I was fresh out of college, I bought a suit and tie, had a nice suit, everything looked nice. Part of it was because I didn't have the money to buy a suit before. And then I got the job <laughs> and I wanted to look nice. But the other thing was, as I learned, and this is more like a program project management type thing. When we were in the offices back in the 90s, if you wore a suit, you got attention. And if you need to go meet to a higher manager's office, the admin or the secretary would would do more things for you because you came in respectful for the office. And I opened so many doors because I dressed appropriately <laughs> for stuff like that. So it was funny. And I always saw a secret about my boss. He always had a tie hanging in his office. So he may not wore the tie all day long, but he always had one no matter what. <laughs> so if you ever got caught up into the boardroom, he, he put the tie on. His little, his little secret stash. I, I figured that out. I was like, "Ooh, I see what you're doing." Um, and that that that's really that's really special that you mentioned uh, that that it opened so many doors. And you're right. Uh, maybe picture this: you're walking into an office, and you're just wearing casual clothes, or and a uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> sharing you're, a t-shirt. You're either you're at the highest level. <laughs> your confidence or you're not <laughs> yes just the level of confidence that wearing a tie in a, in a, in a shirt will will give you it's a different side uh, side uh, a different level of confidence and also as well let's say for example you're over there to meet the ceo of the company and 
if you come with just regular with shorts and, and a regular shirt, they're gonna be like, oh, he's busy right now. <laughs> But if if you come very presentable, give, giving a very great first impression of yourself, and you you go to the to the uh, to the assistant and you're like, oh, I'm here to meet the CEO. Maybe they think you are a CEO of another company, yes. and you you haven't even disclosed it's all, it's what is your position, and they're the they're over here like. Oh yes, yes, Mr. Insel, let's do it. <laughs> He's available right now, so I'm I'm going to schedule a meeting for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so on that we talked about haircut that and you created your software for barbershops. Um, so a lot of questions like when you when you're can you give us an example of seeing a problem, how you broke it down to improve the process. How do you, and also how do you go about getting customer feedback to prepare? Like you're going to develop a, a, a system uh, solution and, and we might get a cat here. Bubbles, are you here? Bubbles interfering. <laughs> There's Bubbles. She's a co-star. She, she's like, okay. Anyway, so back on this one. Sorry about that. No um, problem. But, uh, How do you go about getting that information you need to develop that solution for your customer? Absolutely. So the number one thing that you got to look for, if you're looking to implement mm -hmm. maybe a software for a company that there's doing something inefficiently, it's do they have a standard, an SOP, a standard operating procedure, mm -hmm. something that they always do, no matter what, even though it might not be efficient nowadays, It's something that they always do. So based on that, let's say, for example, to take the barbershop application uh, as mm -hmm. an example, mm -hmm. they have this standard operating procedure, which is like they finish cutting, cutting hair, maybe after an hour, two hours, 30 minutes after they finish cutting that person's hair, they go on their way and they take they take whatever they left, the, the, the pen, the pen or the pencil. And they go and bring also the the the, the little thing that the little sheet of paper that they're going yeah. to write the ticket on, and they write it down. For example, fifteen dollars, right. and they write their name, and then they write maybe the type of haircut that that they did. Mm -hmm. And after that, they walk into the counter and put that ticket into a place where everybody puts all of their tickets. So based on that constraint, you have to consider okay. So if this repeats all the time, what is something that we can do that can save them time and that removes the pencil and the paper from the equation? Okay, maybe we can write a software. Maybe we can we can create a, a machine that they have they have in front of them. Whatever it is that 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 that, that we can that we can provide as a solution, it has to begin with first knowing what is the standard operating procedure. For example, if There is a company that do not have any standard on how they operate. There's no way in the world you can write a software for it because software is specific. The software is just going to go work only one way in one way, the only way that you tell it. And uh, for example, the ticket insert, the, the ticket ins uh, uh, feature that we build, for example, they, they know now because they have to start click the button, a button to start the ticket, right? They right. know how long they took cutting that person's hair. So they can, they can, they can think to themselves, okay, 
I took one hour to do this haircut. This was a very basic haircut. Maybe I can take 30 minutes next time. And now they're timing themselves mm -hmm. and they just do it right over their phone. So instead of just having to look for it, they can just have it right on their packets or right in front of, in front of them on a, on a, on a table, on a tablet and uh, just click start, click finish. Once they finish, they just click it, click it again, click the service that they did. No longer have to write down the price. They just click the service and then click complete. And the system automatically counts each one of those tickets and add it and also calculates the commission for them, which is something that they used to wait till the end of the day to know to count each one of those tickets in a, in, in, in a little box that they put everything together. Yeah. They used to just count each one of them by one by one and group them by the name of the barber. So now they, instead of having to do all of that process and then calculate the commissions after knowing how much did the barber make, the barber can instantly know how much did they make in real time because it was done by a computer and the computer never fails. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, do it correctly, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and uh, just having the leverage that now they just go into their pockets. Okay, I'm today I'm making $50 before they had to wait until the end of the day to know that information. And well, let, me, let me ask you a question. When you did that and you're you're selling, now you're selling, do you, do you talk to about how much time you save? Like, I can just imagine the time it would take to sort out every, like if you're just piling tickets in a pile, you know, you got to desort them. Who's got what you got to read it and understand it. Everybody's handwriting is terrible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and then how much time it would take them to sort it out. And then like you said, it takes time for, for you to figure it out. Even the, the, the person doing the barber or the, the styling service. You don't really know until the next day what you did or what you're going to get paid. At least you, if you do it on a computer, if you wrote, I guess your program provides that information, like at the end of the day, here's what you, you should, you know, approximate amount, how much money you made and gives you an idea, right? Yeah. It, with, with the computer, you can know in real time how much you made because you just click it, boom, boom. And now it calculates it for you. And another thing you mentioned it as well, you don't know how much you made. So maybe you have an owner that is not very trustworthy. <laughs> and when you're when he's counting tickets, he's throwing some tickets into the garbage. What can you do in that scenario? And then it's a he said, she said, kind of. He said, she said, yeah, yeah. there's no way to validate whether you made that ticket or not. So maybe you're losing a lot of money. But with a system, for example, you see every ins and out. There is like an audit log system that we created as well, that they are able to see what type of activities did the owner did on their account. So if the owner created a ticket in, in their rehab, they see it in the time that the owner did it and everything. If the owner deleted a ticket, they also see it. And software brings this level of transparency that you wouldn't yeah. be able to have with paper because you can, you're can you not omni, omnipresent. You cannot be everywhere and just see what things are going on. But you can have a software that can tell you the time and date that things happen and the specifics, what changed, what price changed, what, what tickets were, was yeah. removed or any specific thing that you would like to know. Yeah. I, I could, I could see the software being used so many different ways. 
it's and it should your software should be everywhere right now. <laughs> I can look at my, my hairstylist, my place they, get, they should they probably could use it. Um, so that that's awesome. I think that's pretty cool. Um so with that, let's get back to your your journey here. Um you achieved a light a lot, I want to say. So could you share with what drives you? I mean, you migrated U.S. from Dominican Republic, you learned code, you formed two companies. You know, that's a wild combination of stuff going on. And, <laughs> and what gives you all this energy? Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am, I've got, I, I believe in God. For the, that's the first thing. I, I I understand different people have different religions, and I I, I have mine as well, and I, and I respect everybody's religion and beliefs. Uh, but I have this belief that I was destined to do something bigger than myself. And uh, being from the Dominican Republic, seeing my parents struggle, it was like, I'm never going to let this happen again. And I knew that with the skill sets that I was developing, I was able to push my family forward. And since I was 12 years old, my dream was always to build a company and create an empire that impacts people's life. And just the fact that we can impact people's life for the better, saving them time for the clients that use the application, for 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 the for for my team that work in my company, building a better life, maybe having great salaries that they wouldn't able to they wouldn't be able to have in other companies. And it just brings me this sense of satisfaction how we can build something together that it's going to impact positively in to other people's life and and and, and see everyone grow. It, it gives me this very great drive that even though I'm going through the worst moments of my life, I say to myself, okay, if you don't do this and sell, it's not just you. Everybody depends on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so having that in the back of my mind and also knowing to myself that I have God that I can always rely on, that even if I have a problem, he, I can always count on him that He's going to give me the support that I need and he's going to push me forward because I, <laughs> he's the best. Um, it's just, I feel like I'm unstoppable. Thank God. <laughs> I, appreciate, I can appreciate that. Um, and with that, do you want to plug your companies or anything? How do they get a hold of you? You know, the, the people might watch the video, might want to say, hey, can you help me find a new job? You know, Absolutely. How can Absolutely. I share your your software, what you're creating with other people? Absolutely. So we have a website which is inwall.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Denzel Giraldo, and on Instagram as well with uh, the handle at Denzel Giraldo. I think it's over here on the video as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always willing to help and uh, to give advice if uh, if there is anything that I can uh, possibly help you with. And uh, I would love to get to meet all of you and as well to the barbershop owners over here. If there is a, any barbershop owner, you guys can find the platform that is going to help you save time. And instead of having to wait that one hour, two hour, three hours of your time in counting tickets, you can just make more money and create more haircuts. It's perseni.com. Cool. Well, I appreciate that. 
and we'll definitely share how to connect with you on on the program and everything like that. And I want to thank you for joining us on uh, for this interview and doing our programming. And um, maybe we'll do some more stuff in the future. We'll figure whatever you want to do. Just send me a message. Hey, Greg, I got this new product that's coming out. <laughs> I want to share with the world or whatever. And and you're open for anybody connecting with you on LinkedIn, correct? Absolutely, absolutely, very right. open. So I definitely recommend that because if you are looking to place someone in a company and someone's connected to you and you go, give me all my, my Python developer, whatever, you know, it would, it would, that might show up on your connections too. Yes, absolutely. And we're always looking for, for a candidate, especially in, in the Node.js, JavaScript, TypeScript space uh, and Python as well. Sometimes we, we, we have some projects that, that also run on Python and uh, it will be amazing if we can all connect on LinkedIn. And that way I can take a look at your profiles and see if you guys match for a position that we're currently looking for. I can just even reach out to you. Hey, <laughs> what's up? What are you currently doing? <laughs> there you go. Well, you, you're free. <laughs> you know, we, something. we like to see if we want to come in for an interview. So great. <laughs> and we just tell them, just remind them, they got to get a nice haircut. Right. Mm -hmm. If they're going to come meet you, they have to have a good haircut. <laughs> right? no, it's not the the, the, the standard. It, it speaks well, well about I mean, you. It can be done in a certain way. I'm not saying it has yeah. to be nice and clean, <laughs> but it can be, you know, whatever it is, you know. But def stuff. definitely give a, a nice uh, first impression about yourself. There you it, spe go. it speaks highly of you. Well, well, Denzel, thank you very much for being on our show and appreciate it. And I uh, wish you the best luck in your businesses. Thank you very much, Greg. Have an amazing day. God bless you. Thank you for having me in the podcast.